What's going on, guys? Welcome to our first episode of the seventh inning stretch with your co host, Frankie Martinez, and Mr. Michael Rodriguez. Hey, what's going on, buddy? What's going on, my man? How you doing? How you feeling? Good, man. Feeling good. I've been waiting for this for, let me tell you, at least um, since we started talking about it a few months ago. I think that's how long I've been waiting for this to happen. Seems like years ago, right? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man. <sighs> Just glad we're getting steamrolling, man. Got a great co-host, so should have a lot of fun. Oh, my God. Stop it. <laughs> you, I like you. I like you. <laughs> Got to get someone that likes me. You know, I thought about, uh, I wasn't going to do it until you offered me a million dollars to do this. So, glad we were able to Man, work I didn't know. I didn't know, I didn't know we were telling people about that, but you're hey, here first. Mike, Mike is making $10 million to do this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You got it. You got to flaunt it, okay? <laughs> Fly him in from <laughs> Florida every day just to get him here, pay for his food. Every day. Got Every day. Here. I don't know. But he is here, indeed. He is here. I am here. And you know what? You know who else is here? Who is that? Frankie Martinez. Frankie Martinez is here. <laughs> he is here. <laughs> Is that guy? Let me tell you something about that guy. He's a good guy. That's a good guy. I could say this. I could say the same about you, buddy. Definitely. Just glad we're glad we're finally, finally getting it going, man. I'm really excited. You know, great, Ab- great absolutely. guest lined up. This is just exciting, man. You know, to talk sports with you. Just. Yeah, just kick back, talk sports. You know, you don't really get to do that often, but, you know, we're going to make it a little routine. Got some great guests. Especially right now since, you know, obviously everybody's supposed to be social distancing themselves from each other. I mean, what's what's better than, you know, being able to, to talk to your buddies and to talk to some great sports minds and some, some guys that just love the game in general? I mean, what's better than doing that? You know, well, knowing us, we if we don't talk about sports. We'll probably get checked into a mental hospital. But <laughs> good point. I'm, I'm pretty sure my wife thought about changing the locks already. Cause she was just like, you know what? How about you just you need to relax. It's like I'm, I don't know what to do. Yeah, Going tell crazy. me about it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely agree, man. Definitely agree. Seems like all they let me do is go to work and come home. It's no fun. Makes two of us and the occasional occasional grocery store trip. You know that's always fun. Getting your oh yeah, getting your steps in, <laughs> seeing faces. Oh yeah, that's a good time. You start throwing stuff in the basket, and then your wife's like, "You don't need that," and I'm just like, "All right, I'll put it back." <laughs> Jokes on her. Sure I buy it anyways. Yeah, make sure to sneak it back in there. Yeah, trying to make me take out my double stuffed Oreos. Come on. Those are a necessity. Those are definitely a necessity. If you hear some crunching during this podcast, just know double stuffed Oreos. Double stuffed Oreos are the way to go. Over here I got my Yes, my gummy bears. I'm more on the more on the gummy bear side, but you know what? I think after after this I might go get a glass of milk and watch a movie and get some double stuffed Oreos. So if I do, I'll be make sure I'll make sure to send you a picture. Let me let me tell you this right now. You know what I'm about to watch? What is that? Some good old fashioned baseball. Isn't that, isn't that fun? You know, that's all I've been able to do is watch baseball. Basketball, basketball is going on Thankfully. right now. Football is coming back. So, you know, glad we got some kind of sports back. You know, you know, that time we were just watching uh, Japanese baseball when there was no other sports going on. It was a, 
It was actually fun. Yeah, it was with cool. all the cool you know, stuffed animals. Yeah, cool to check out, you know, other players, other how they how they play ball over there, and it was really cool. But you know, glad we got glad we got baseball back for sure, as well as other sports. Don't forget, we got NHL going too. Hey, we don't forget about you hockey <laughs> lovers out there. Hockey lovers, I apologize on behalf of the seventh inning stretch. <laughs> Hockey lovers, let's go, uh, Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars, don't really. That's just until next year, though. Until the until the Seattle Kraken take over. That's my team right there. Though I love the Kraken. I'm all about the Kraken. <laughs> just by that name, I think I'm a fan now. I'm telling you, dude, it's a great name. Check out that logo, maybe they won me over with the name. I'm waiting for the merch game, bro. <laughs> I'm waiting for the merch yeah. game. As you can see right now, I've got my uh, I got my major league hat on. Can't know can't miss that mohawk. Can't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can't miss that. Mohawk. Wow, bang! <laughs> can't miss that. I mean, so should we get into it? Yeah, man, let's do it. I'm ready to get this thing going. I don't know about you, but been itching all day, so. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think we've got. I think we might have somebody in the waiting room. All right, let's get him on. Let's get it going. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, joining us today for our very first episode, our full episode actually, is a twelve-year head coach at Kerman High School. He won eight league titles, two section titles. He was 234, 118, and six. He decided to hang him up in 2017, but he's here joining us for today. So give it up for Coach Jay Bruce. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. it means a lot having on the first full episode. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So how's it going, How you doing, Coach? How's, how's, how's quarantine? <laughs> I got the quarantine hair going, so that's <laughs> there you go. Don't we all? <laughs> Last haircut I got was in Missouri uh, in July. So, uh, <laughs> Oof. it's been a while. Going to a, yeah, I'm going to a former player of mine next week to get a haircut. So there you yeah. go. Look at that. See, you make connections all over the place. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, pay the people. Yeah. So how's it going? Having to, you know, teach online. How, how have you, uh, how have you kind of adapted to that? Oh, I've adapted. It doesn't mean I like it. Um, I don't <laughs> think anybody likes it. So it's, uh, it's rough. It's rough for the kids. It's rough for uh, my own two kids. And they're my, my son just started at Clovis high and he's a freshman and you know, it's always tough when you're a freshman, but I think it's a little bit tougher when you have to, get into high school this way. And so that's what I'm teaching right now. I'm teaching freshman world geography. Uh, and it's a, it's a bit of a learning curve. The one I'd say the one positive is I think the kids actually care more about their grades because they do see they're in front of a computer all the time. So at least I get kids asking me, Hey, you know, I, I got a low grade here. Is there anything I can do to fix that? I've had a ton of that this year, which I haven't really had much of. I always had to tell kids, Hey, you need to fix this, you know, something like that. So at least um, they're, they're t they're carrying a little bit more in, in that sense, so it's a good thing. But um, it's not anything anybody should have to do for an extended amount of time. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it it sounds like a struggle. I mean, with parents trying to get their kids on, and especially with younger kids too, that that's got to be a rough situation. But I mean, I can only imagine kids that are seniors right now, and you know, they're kind of at that end of the time of school, and they're just kind of like, you know, this is kind of dumb. So. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I have maybe a couple seniors right now, but they've been fine. And I know the one, the guys that teach the seniors, it's got to be tough because they see the light at the end of the tunnel and they just want to get it done, get out of there. And, you know, my wife teaches second grade and it's a whole different thing. And we talk about it every day. And oh. I can't imagine they, they work so much harder than we do. I give them all the credit in the world. They, it's amazing. And they have, um, so many more things to deal with. So 
Oh yeah, definitely agree. So how's how is the new house, by the way? Saw that you know, saw that you were uh, getting some working on the new house. How's that coming out? My new house is great. I mean, I love it. I'm in my little cave in here. I got all my pictures and memories, and I got a couple jerseys and you know our league patches and stuff, and and pictures of people who've been an important part of my career in here and 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 all that. So, but. Uh, uh, this is this place is great. Really love it. It's it's nice. It's kind of quiet out here, and canal right behind our house, so there's not a whole lot of noise from other people. So we got that going. So it's 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 cool. It's it's been great. That's good. Yeah, I mean that sounds. I, just with everything going on right now, I mean, I guess you really just got to take it day by day and kind of make the best out of the situation that's going on so yeah that's all you can do so what what kind of teacher are you are you early bird or do you wake up 15 minutes before you're about to teach roll up out of bed <laughs> I, i've i've always been as a teacher i'm always kind of just ready to go right when when class starts no matter like how late you know i can always do that but i hate getting up early in the morning and like as we hit the snooze button three times and just battle, you know, to get up in the morning and have our coffee and, and all that. But um, it's a it's a about thirty five minute drive to Kerman, so it gives us a chance to relax and wake up before we, we get there, you know. So it's it's nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, so have you picked up any new hobbies during the quarantine? Anything new, golf, anything like that? Uh, I, I went golfing one time with old friend of mine and I, I, I pulled an oblique. So I, I, I cut that down and said, stop that real quick. He's gotten out of shape for that. So, um, uh, yeah. So uh, my wife and I started a new business while this has been going on. So we actually, um, we make candles and I, I, no one could ever see me as a candle maker or, you know, doing that kind of thing, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It's an, it's a, it's a new challenge, so to speak. And so, there really is a lot to learn about it. And um, it's a good way to come home and relax and kind of take your mind off of everything once you do get home and decide what you want to make that night. Or, you know, I, I, I end up, um, I cut wine bottles now. So I cut wine bottles and I um, make candles out of those. And so it's another way to pass the time, but it's relaxing. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like with coaching. Um, you're taking something that, you know, at, at least from my perspective as a player and stuff, when you know, I wasn't the best player and somebody saw something in me in high school. And so it's, it's neat to be able to take these bottles that people are throwing away, you know, and, and make something new out of it, you know, something that people can enjoy. So I kind of look at it like that. So um, it's, it's, it's a rewarding so far and we've gotten a lot of good. So where did you have... How, making candles, huh? <laughs> How did that come about? Yeah, when you texted me that the other day, I was even like, Coach, making candles? That's... <laughs> oh, I think we might have lost his audio. There we go. There we go. Yeah, sorry. Now, no worries. Uh, how, yeah, how, so how did you... How did you guys start making candles? You just saw it and just started going for it, or...? Um. My wife decided she wanted to make candles. She, uh, she asked for some, some wax for Christmas for, you know, a gift just to get into it. And it, it kind of went from there. And, and it was more of she took an interest in it. And then I took even maybe even a bigger interest in it. Um, just it became something that was fun and challenging because it doesn't always work right the first time. And you got to mess up in order to improve and get better, which is so much like baseball. And you've got to learn from your mistakes. And it, um, I don't, I don't ever want to coach again. But this is about as close to like being a coach as it, as as it was, where you're taking these things and you're trying to make something special out of them. You know, so it's a it's a fun thing. Definitely. So there's no. There's, there's no more interest right now in coaching. They're completely done. Yeah, I'd say I'm completely done. I don't have any, uh, I don't have any interest in going back right now. I, I did it. 
I literally walked out of the coach's office at Fresno State and went right to Sanger High, and that was my next stop. And with uh, that guy right there, my cousin Tony Heron, uh, he was the head coach at the time, and so he uh, he hired me right away in uh, January of '95. And I, you know, 22 years of coaching other people's kids and you know putting in the time and all that stuff. It it's um, it was very very rewarding, and I I. Still, you know, obviously I had this whole room dedicated to, you know, all this stuff and it meant a lot. And so, uh, but that time has come and gone. I'm just happy to come home every day when the bell rings. I talked to, I ran into James Patrick at uh, at the store a while back. And, uh-huh. hey, coach, what's going on, man? Is this where all the retired coaches hang out? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> if I would have known how much more time I had, uh, after, you know, without having a coach, he goes, I would have retired 10 years earlier. You know, it's just, you're so, <laughs> you're so, it's just part of your life and what you do. It's a routine that you just, you show up, you know, every day and, and, and you put the work in and you do it and then you go back and do it again and just repeat that cycle. And there was just a point where I decided I didn't want to do it anymore because my kids were getting older. I wanted to be able to, watch my son play and my daughter do her concerts, choir concerts and things like that. And, you know, I mean, think about, I can't even think of the hundreds of kids, you know, that I coached and all the parents that put the time in to go watch their kids play. And I was, I was having a miss. And like, Frank, you know, you remember like those days I cut out early for practice just to get to, you know, the last half of Matt's game, you know, and yeah, so definitely. I got tired of that and I just wanted to be there for as much as I could. Yeah, and going on that, you know, I had the honor of playing for you your last year, actually, and it was – you're definitely one of the greatest coaches I've ever played for, just as far as the way you went about, you know, everything every day, just harnessing on the on the little stuff to make sure we were ready for when, when the moments came. We always made sure we were, you know, really prepared. So, yeah, just – you know, you had a great career, and um, – yeah, I'm glad that you're enjoying enjoying what you're doing now. Thanks. It means a lot when you say that, especially when you played for Ken and Jason Pappy. So, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> we, go, we go back a ways, me and those guys, too. My dad coached at – my dad taught at Fresno High, so I've known Coach Pappy for a long, long time and played against him and stuff. And, of course, I knew Jason. I coached against Jason when he was in high school. And then of course, you know, we, we've known each other for, you know, as coaches now. So, uh, great people. Yeah. So going on that, how many friends Definitely. have you made just from coaching? How many lifelong friends have you made just from coaching? I mean, they're right here. These guys. Oh, I lost his audio. One sec, coach. I think we lost you. So I was there for three years. <laughs> Dang it. And, um, you know, there's just a ton of guys. I have uh, my friend John Hartsburg, who ended up being my son's eighth grade math teacher. We started in Riverdale together 20 years ago. And he, um, you know, we've always kind of stayed in contact and stuff. But then my son needed help at school. And then I said, dude, you're, you see him practically more than I do. So, you know, can you help me out? And he was a huge help you know, for that, you just, you make these connections over the years and it's just amazing. And John's a guy who, he likes to mess around and work with tools, wood and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm going to his house cutting bottles now, you know, and it's weird <laughs> how things kind of come around and, you, you know, it's, it's just, um, I can't even think of all the, you know, just the, the friendships that have been made and, you know, that, you know, you learn to really appreciate, you know, you don't see it when you're younger. But when you look at the pictures and things like that, these the the value of these pictures continue to grow because of you know the what these other people have done too. It's not about me; it's these other guys. You know, it's like I got to be a part of you know you know what Kevin has done at Clovis West and all the wins they've gotten and, and you know that type of thing. And so it's been uh, it's been it's it's just crazy how it works. You know, like it's I guess you hang around long enough, you get to know people. 
Yeah, so Definitely. we've been talking about the end of your journey. We want to go to the start. Why, what made you accept the job at Kerman? <laughs> uh, health benefits. Can <laughs> <laughs> respect that. <laughs> I had a, um, I, was, I was coaching at Reezy High, but I was working in Dinuba. I was teaching independent study, and my daughter was about a, about a year and a half old, and, and um, I was looking for a full-time job, and um, Gordon Pacheco gave me a call, and he goes, hey, we got your name, and, you know, we wanted to know if you'd be interested in, you know, being the head, you know, head baseball coach at Kermit High. I was like, why would I drive to Kerman? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Why would I go out there? I was living in Reedley. <laughs> I was like, ah, you know, I don't think, I don't know if I want it, you know? And, and, uh, and he's like, well, just, you know, come on out and talk to us, you know? And, and uh, the more we talked about it, the more it sounded like a good thing that maybe, okay, I'll go here for a year, you know? And if Kevin Patrick moves on to, you know, where he goes after really, you know, we can get, we can hook back up again and we'll just teach coach together like we did, you know, in Reedley. So, um, and once I got to Kerman, like, I kind of like this place and it was really, it was the kids, it was the administration, it was the parents that kind of sold me on it because it was, um, there was a lot of accountability and uh, as a head coach, you rely pretty heavily on the backup that you have from your administration and other staff members and just the fact the players, you know, and, and Frankie is your dad. It was, it was Chris that, you know, when it came to like our fundraisers, like the first time we had to raise money for anything, when first year we did that dinner, um, I was like, Hey, you guys need to sell like $500 worth of tickets, you know? And Chris is like, don't worry, coach, got it. I was like, what? Like, I just came from places like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can sell that many. How do I do that? You know, and, and Chris, we got this, you know, Emmanuel and David, and, you know, Manny Rodriguez, who's my boss now, you know, and David Silva, these guys, they're like, yeah, no, we'll do this. This is easy. And so I was like, all right, this is cool, you know, and so they really made the coaching aspect of it easy for me. And I was really appreciative of that, especially, you know, first year. So um, after that, I was hooked. And even, you know, when like, you know, Kevin or, you come like, hey, Colin's like, hey, man, I got the job at Close West. Like, man, I go, I like it here. I don't want to leave, you know. And I, I grew up small town in Sanger, and it just, it just seemed to fit. So, I was good with it, and it, it's paid off. <clears throat> Definitely, man. That's, that's on a whole another level right there. Going from one school thinking you're not gonna, you know. Hey, I want to be out of here in a year if something else opens up. To yep, he's his audio's gone again. Yeah, Can you hear us, coach? There we go. Yeah, it cuts in and out right now. But I was saying that it's 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 amazing to see the, you know because your mindset going into it was if something else opens up a year later, you know, Hey, maybe I'll take that. Maybe I'll go somewhere else. But it, it just, it, it dawned on you, you know, Hey, I, I like this spot. This is, this is where I want to yeah, be. It, it really, I mean, obviously it was the baseball parents too, but it was even the, the parents of students, you know, and um, I remember standing outside the gate one day and I tell everybody the story um, old <laughs> Kerman guy is not there anymore, but Andy Cobb, he lives in Las Vegas now, and he pulls up one day at the front of the school, I don't know who this guy is, and he looks, he goes, hey, are you my kid's geography teacher? Yeah. You know what's up? You kick his ass. Hey, all right. You know, thanks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> parents are getting blamed or teachers are getting blamed for stuff and it's like when their kids are messing up he's like nah man my kid's gonna be all right you're gonna have you're, we're gonna take care of this you know and he wasn't even a problem you know you talk a little bit but that's it but it was like you know if i had that kind of support from parents students and players you know it's this is a great place so that's what i really enjoyed about it yeah definitely and even you know going in there my senior year not really knowing what to expect 
just, you know, the support the, the town gives for baseball is pretty incredible. You see the whole town coming together for our playoff games, for, you know, always getting support, fundraisers, everything like that. It was, it was really cool to be a part of it. Yeah, you know, when I got the job, my dad was still teaching at Fresno High, and the principal at Fresno High was Bob Reyes, and he was from Kerman. Oh, yeah. And uh, so my dad sees Mr. Reyes in the office, and he goes, like, hey, Jay got the job in Kerman, baseball job. And the first thing he said was, that's a baseball town. You know, and I grew up in Sanger. It's a football. That is a football town. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, so – that really right there that that helped you know it's not that i mean everybody can have good teams in every sport but um when you you understand that the passion that the, the people in Kerman have for baseball it was a different level for me and it was something i had to adjust to a little bit too there were some you know there was a lot of coaching I didn't have to do because parents made their own kids better and they did it in the right way too. You know, they just take out, they'd go out and pound ground balls up, you know, to kids and go throw to them left and right all day long. And it really, when they got to me, it was a lot simpler. There's a lot less you had to teach. And so um, you're able to work on the, the details and fine tune and focus on, on certain things. And, and so uh, that I really appreciated because there was a lot of teaching that I had to do at other places. So that, that made life easy, easier. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I think uh, Mr. Reyes, he was, his last year, I think, was my freshman year at Fresno High, where he was the principal. And Mr. Reyes, man, he was, that for, for an older gentleman, when he took his sleeves off and he let the gun show, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. Always had everybody talking like, "Hey, look at Mr. Ray is lifting all the time." <laughs> Goes a long way. I tell you, you gotta, when you got an act of discipline or something, you know, this is the guy you know you're not gonna mess with. You know, exactly. But <laughs> you gotta do sometimes. I can't do that. I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta flash him real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so aside from that, you know, coming into Kerman your first year, how was – how did you try to get players to buy into what you were trying to achieve at Kerman? Actually, it was really easy um, in, that, in that sense. I mean, it's, it's always a challenge and it's something I had to think about. But when you have really good kids, I was, I was handed a team that had – 14 players on it with 10 seniors. And you have to imagine as a, as a senior going, hey, we got a new coach. Like, who's this guy? Like, what's he like? What's he gonna, what's it, what's gonna happen here? And uh, for a long time, I didn't even know I was, if, if I had any assistant coaches, I had to lean on John Chambers, Johnny Sagarabella, Steve Lee, these guys, they had to help coach the JV team. They, they showed up and helped. And um, then I had uh, my old teammate, Josh Kyforce, just happened to move back from Seattle. And he's like, hey, you got a job coaching? Yeah, let's, let's go. Let's do this. And it all just kind of came together. But it, it also came together with this group of guys that um, they knew this was their last chance. They played together a long time. And so that kind of just came together naturally. So the real challenge was after that year. So we only had, we only had one sophomore in the program and he was a pretty damn good pitcher guy named Kevin Richards. And so he was able to kind of anchor us after that, but we, we really struggled after losing those guys. And, and so, um, it, you know, I thought I'd be one and done. And I could just, you know, make a little name, having a good team, you know, and we ended up getting disappointed in the first round. We were the number one seed and lost in the first round of Kingsbury that year. And then that really kind of, that kind of smacked me like, this is not how I want things to end. I don't want to mm -hmm. go out like this. And so it, I kind of reinvested myself um, at that point into staying in Kerman and wanting to be part of this for an extended period of time. So all those things I talked about already, they all kind of, it all just kind of came together there with that loss. That, that was, that was a, that was a tough one because it was just kind of a given that we we're going to roll, especially we beat Kingsburg three times that year. 
you know, and even their coaches who were friends of mine were like, dude, we didn't expect that. And so then just to, you know, show up and not get it done, you know, but that's, that's how baseball goes. You gotta, you can't take anybody for granted, which we really didn't. We just, things didn't go our way that day, which that's, that's how playoffs are. You know, you never know how it's going to go. So my, my, the year previous. Definitely. We lost, we were the number one seed at Reedley and we lost to the number 17 seed. It wasn't even the 16, it was a 17. Hanford had to play in against Hoover mm-hmm. um, for the, for that spot to play Reedley. And we gave up four runs in the seventh or whatever it was. And we're sitting there stunned again. So that now here I am two years in a row, just going number one seed. We didn't even, didn't even get out of the first round, you know? And so I think that was probably part of it too. It was like, okay, we got to, I got to, I want to, I got a bit of a job to finish here. Definitely. That's, it's a rough time losing any, any ball game, but especially in the playoffs when you know, you know, you're so close and you're the number one seed and you know, you've worked your whole year for this. This is what you've come to. And then it just all goes right down the hole in one inning. Yeah. It could end, it could end quick. We lost on a ball that hit the third base bag. Like it, you know, on a guy who hadn't gotten a hit all year <laughs> off of us. Jesus. We sped his bat up and he pulls one and he yanks it down the line and it hits the bag and run scores all the way from first base, you know, whatever it was. And like, it just ends that quick. You know, your whole season could just be gone. Uh, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all it takes. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. We all know that feeling too well. <laughs> yep. We lost in the eighth inning to a number nine hitter who hasn't had a hit all year and, you know what, throws the bat out there and just squeezes the ball right through. And they go up two runs, and now we're down in the bottom of the eighth in the Valley Championship with, I mean, everything on the line. And it's a rough time. Uh, I mean, yeah, we were – we finally, after a couple years of struggling, we had some – Quality, quality players come along, guys like Alan Sandoval and the Walker Twins and Michael Rodriguez and young guys that were Adrian Flores and Mario Garza, so guys like that. And we end up getting to the Valley Championship in 2010 against Washington Union. And um, they, uh, it was a battle. It was, it was a hell of a game. And we ended up losing uh, – on a line drive double play uh, to end it. And with with our, our best hitter at the time, Alan Sandoval coming up on deck, you know, we had a, we had a great opportunity and all of a sudden it's over, you know? And again, that was another one of those things where like, all right, we got some, we got some dudes here that can really play. And, you know, it's, it's a really, really hard lesson to learn. Um, but, we were better for it and we were able to come back in, you know, 2012. We were disappointed more than we were victorious in the playoffs. We were number one seed quite a few times and it just doesn't go your way sometimes. And so that's, that's the hard part about it. It seems really simplistic just to say it and chalk it up to that. But I mean, it's, it's how it goes. That's exactly the same thing. 2012. I mean, we're on top of the world. And number one seed, and we end up playing number two, Garces Memorial. And, you know, we get the advantage of playing at home. And what's better than playing a Valley game at home? And the ball just didn't go our way that day. And that was that was the end of it. It was the end of the story. Yeah, you still feel bad about those, you know. Like, you don't forget. Even though you might have a Valley championship or two or a league championship, whatever, you, you remember the ones you lost. You know, um, oh, yeah, we could have had more. You know? so, yeah, I think, I think about it to this day. <laughs> Sometimes I think about crying about it, but I'm just like, you know what? Oh, well, it happens. <laughs> it's baseball. Yeah, I know. I know. And especially you get around those guys, too, you know, and you, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's tough. It, it's still, it's still with those guys and a lot of those guys on that team won a Valley Championship, and they still, you know, those losses. Oh, yeah. 
It's that drive that we all have in us that we want to win every single game no matter what. And then when it just doesn't go our way, it just, I mean, there's nothing really else to say besides, you know, what, what else could we have done? So, you know, going on a Valley Championships, how would your mindset go as far as planning, you know, the day before, two days before, a week before, compared to like a regular league game? How would you compare the preparation for a Valley Championship compared to a, to a regular league game? Well, I think with league games, you have a chance to kind of set your pitching up the way that you wanted to go that week. Um, you're able to if you have two good starting pitchers, you've got a real good chance. Um, you, you're able to kind of plan out who's going to start, you know, which day and when, and, you know, maybe your best guy sees the, the best team two out of the three times you play. So you try to do that. Um, but, and you hope that you can, you know, win your league fast enough, clinch fast enough so that you can set your pitching up for playoffs. Things don't always go that way. So you have to once the playoffs get there, it's all hands on deck and you gotta go with you know, whatever you've got available. And so it's you know, fortunately the we've had some really good pitching and and so we were able to get by with that. It was always um our pitching that pitching and our defense that carried us and we always had we did have good hitters, but Got to have those guys. You got to have the arms. Definitely, especially with I mean, the one guy, the one guy I got to face, which was Carlos Salazar. I mean, yeah. the guy was a monster on the mound. If he yeah. if he didn't like you, he let you know real fast. There's <laughs> nobody he didn't like. He just was wild, so he's gonna. <laughs> It is the way it was. So you know, it, it was it was a good it was a good way to be effectively wild. But um, you know, yeah, he Carlos is a special player and he's a special person. He's a he's a better person. You know, and he he's he's a great kid and um, you know we've really you know gotten to know each other very well over everything that we've done with the scouting process stuff like that and you know it was. Uh, it was a real pleasure to be able to privilege to be able to coach him, um, have that opportunity to take somebody who, you know, he was a bit of a diamond in the rough because he, nobody knew about him. And, you know, it was, uh, it was something where it just kind of developed real quick. He went from throwing about 86, 87 miles an hour to over the summer hitting 98. And it, it, it kind of shocked everybody. Um, and so, yeah, that 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 little bit of wildness, you know, that was. I felt bad for him. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Joe Kelly. Oh, style. trust me. <laughs> my uh, yeah. my in 2012, we 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 played you guys at Kerman, and I don't know why they decided, hey, why don't we just bag you right behind Anthony Hawkins? We'll just let him lead off. You'll hit number two. And I'm like, that's the worst <laughs> idea ever. <laughs> and I was thankful enough that I I walked four times that game. I didn't get hit, though. I was That was my happiest moment. <laughs> I didn't get hit by the ball. <laughs> that was the game I think Anthony hit those two home runs, right? Was it the game? Was yeah. The game? yeah. So that was – It was, yeah, game. it was that eight to five. Yeah, that was a great learning experience for Carlos um, because he was going up against the guy who he was up to the task that game, you know, and he had a ton of pop, ton of power, and he was amped for it too. I mean, you know, he was he was excited for the challenge yeah. as well. And so it really showed that um, he was – Carlos was about an inch away from getting him out instead of Anthony taking him out. And it really oh, yeah. kind of impressed, it impressed upon Carlos what he needed to do to be better for the next level. Wherever, mm -hmm. if he wanted to go to college, if he wanted to go pro ball, he was going to have to uh, refine things. And so, because when you start to see a good hitter, like when you get good hitters like that, 
I'm telling you, it was just the, the pitch call was, was right. One was a changeup. He just missed about that much up with it, and and Anthony got into it, and he, he absolutely crushed that ball. And I actually yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> look at that. <laughs> yeah, he cleared the trees out there. Easily, yeah, that was well over 400 feet. That was that that those those, those were crushed, and it was in a, it. Yeah, it sucked for us as a team, but from a learning standpoint, for everybody on that team, hey, if this guy Carlos is that good, and he gives up hits like that, you know. He gives up hits like that because he throws that hard, but you're also, as a pitcher on the team, you're going to go, well, look, those mistakes can get exposed too. My mistakes can get exposed. I got to be better as well. It, it kind of made everybody better. And that was the only game I think I ever, well, besides the close side game where I went and took him out. Um, and he came in and he was, he was not happy that I took him out of the game. And, uh, he was not. Uh, the, Walker, I, the Walker twins. Tyler and Travis left a punching bag in our dugout. <laughs> These guys were mad, and I got tired of the So they brought a punching bag, and we put it in the closet in the dugout. And Carlos went straight to that closet. He didn't even go into the dugout. And as our next pitcher was warming up, you can hear the in the you know in the um, in that closet. And he he was mad, you know, and and it was. He didn't get mad a whole lot. And so I think it was a great learning experience for him, for us as a team, um, that we weren't just going to roll when he was on the mound, you know. And it it teaches – it was a great chance to teach everybody, um, you know, what can happen when you uh, – you know, when your little mistakes get exposed. Definitely. Definitely a great learning experience for – everybody out there on that field because I mean for us I mean I, I don't think I heard about Carlos Salazar until about a week until we were about to face you guys and the first thing I heard out of them was oh yeah well he's he's throwing about 97 98 and I'm like all right great so I just hope I don't get hit by the ball and we'll see how the rest of the game goes <laughs> and you know every everybody's mindset was you know what let's just try and make contact and let's let's hope that the ball's going to go our way and, you know, hopefully we can get some guys on and Hawkins can come up and he'll help us and he'll, you know, be able to handle this. And then you get out to that field and you see him take the mound and his presence is just, it's just dominant. It's just, now you get in the box, you're going to go when I decide to pitch. Yeah. And he, he, he threw it. He lets you know. And I think, well, and I think I get what you were saying earlier. It's like, yeah, he was mad. Well, now I know why he's mad because you're batting right behind the guy who hit a couple bombs off him. So, yeah, he's going to be a little bit pissed when he gets to face you. So, I would be right. Oh, yeah. I'd be a little, <laughs> little irritated at that point. <laughs> so, I, I, you brought up that close yeah. game, and, and I was I was still in middle school, I believe. How – um. I was actually going to try to make it out to that game to watch, but wasn't able to. How fun was that to be able to coach and you know see all those those scouts out there? And what what would you what would you tell your team before a big game like that? Uh, actually, that picture right before the game is right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> my head, and that kind of it it shows us. You know, and it was it's pretty much what I told every every team we had before a big game where we knew that other team was probably better than us, even though we're not going to back down from anybody. Um, we had that with Clovis North in the Selma tournament championship back when they were just like sophomores and juniors and stuff like that. And I said, look, it doesn't matter win or lose. If you guys play the way you're capable we're going to be fine. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, if we win, that's great. Um, because the thing that Columbus High hated about that game was that Jason and Ken Pappy, Fresno High, was getting the gate money for those 3,000 people that were there. It wasn't going to Columbus High. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was 
they were mad. <laughs> they were mad at the Pappies, but they, so at least, you know, um, the they were, you know, the, they were they had everything to lose, and we had everything to gain. And they mm-hmm. gained. They didn't really gain a whole lot by beating us, um, because yeah, we're a Division Four team, or you know, whatever. And you know, they're facing this guy who's. You know, give me a third round draft pick, and mm-hmm. we were facing the guy who was a first round draft pick. Gabriel, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, even though he wasn't, you know, as, he didn't go as a pitcher, but he was still pretty good that game that day. And then we um, we lost our catcher, Nick Flores. He took a slider right to the head, and he blacked out for a second. And then that <laughs> we had to call on Evan Sagarbella to come in, and, and <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't ready to catch 96 miles an hour just yet, but. The thing that I appreciated was the acceptance challenge, and he really did a great job. And there's not a whole lot of people that could have come in and done what Evan had, what he did. And uh, for for him to be, you know, a sophomore, to just go, okay, I'll do it. And and to come to find out, the first inning that he taught him, he wasn't even wearing a cup. Jeez. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> he had to go in so fast, and then he had to borrow one from somebody. So. Uh, that that right there tells you a little bit about the kind of player Evan was too. He was, you know, he didn't back down from any challenge either. And that's the kind of guys we had. There was nobody on our program that backed down. Everybody wanted the challenge, and that was the key to uh, being a win program. They all wanted to win. They wanted to take down that big team, you know, but they wanted to beat the teams we were supposed to. So they were very businesslike in that sense. We we. we we screwed around we you know we joked with each other but when it came time to play it's time to play you know and that was it we're ready it's then we get back to being a bunch of stupid idiots like we were after the game ends you know (laughs) so that's that's how we were (laughs) yeah and I've witnessed that firsthand you know just from my one year at Kerman just you know when we had a big game you know we we had fun with it when we when we we're going to face a pitcher that was throwing hard, you know, screw it. You know, we're going to be better this day. And, you know, I learned a lot from that is that, especially from you, you always just preach, you know, just go out there and just, you know, make sure you, you give her your best and always, always play. Cause you knew what we were capable of, even if we didn't see it at the time. So, you know, just having that and compared to, you know, uh, I remember my senior year, or my junior year at Fresno High, actually, we were facing this guy named uh, Joel Bustos, a uh, guy throw 95 in high school. And, um, yeah, he pitched at City for a while, too, actually. And he, he went to State out of high school, and he ended up transferring to City. But, yeah, you know, um, went, up to, went up to take batting practice at Fresno High. Pappy throws one pitch, and I – blink and it's by me you know you got pappy throwing 95 in the in batting practice just the day before (laughs) and you know one thing about Kerman that you know I noticed was you know screw it whoever we face we face you know we're just going to go out there and give it our all yeah Pappy still throws 95 especially in the alumni games (laughs) <laughs> hey, he's, he's out there throwing 300 pitches at all the same speed yeah. Yeah. I could I could throw 95 for about 20 feet right now but that's about <laughs> it but, uh, yeah I don't miss BP as much but you know it it doesn't matter who you're facing right there that day that guy right there is their best guy and so rarely do they have somebody better behind them in the bullpen um, so that my goal as a coach was get the starting pitcher out of the game because mm-hmm. chances are they weren't coming coming with somebody better. He's that that's their best guy. So my mindset was hammer down early, get it, you know, try to pour some runs on, be aggressive, get him out of their game a little bit, and try to you know put pressure on him. Maybe <clears throat> maybe pitcher loses focus, whatever starts you know missing location, um, that type of thing. It's that mental game, being aggressive um, and, and pushing just to get that guy out of there. And that can change things for you. Definitely. So, uh, All right, Coach. So take us, take us to uh, your last 
league game, and then take us into you getting to coach your uh, final year of the City County All Star game. Because I'm sure that's got to be that was definitely had to been a treat for your your goodbye. Well, these these guys these guys I had on my staff, um, they they know I can get emotional, and I think they were just gonna do whatever they could to make me cry. So they were they were good at that, you know. And because once you start getting towards and you start reflecting, and you start thinking about things, and um, I know we played Liberty the last game in league, and I'm trying to remember how that went. Um, I really, it's, there's a lot that I've forgotten in that sense, like, because you don't, it's not the wins and losses. It's the moments. It's the, 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 the players that made you laugh, the players that, you know, they just, that made an impression on you. And so, I don't know, like we lost, I mean, I remember, you know, we, we lost that game to the Highland, right? Right. Oh, yeah. And that was, you know, that was a rough one. And so, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we just didn't play our best game. And they had some good players. They had some really good players. I give them a lot of credit. Um, but, yeah, you think about who you who you played and who you beat and who you lost to. Like, that doesn't uh, – it doesn't factor in as much as, as it does with the – people you coached and the people you coached with and that type of thing. So like that city county game was a lot of fun um, just because I was able to bring a lot of friends back um, that I coached with and just kind of soaked it all in. I was just taking selfies with friends and former teammates and stuff like that. Like I got Chad Thornhill from Bullard, you know, we were, we we're teammates. We, we, he and I were uh, side by side on the bus together going to, Hancock and Santa Maria and Taft and stuff like that. And you think of times you had, you know, with him or just all these guys, anybody who was there and associated with anything to do with you, you just wanted to take it in and appreciate. That's all that, that's all I really tried to do. Um, I mean, we lost the game, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, we lost the <laughs> I have the, the plaque right there that they give everybody all the time you get, you know? So, um, but that was, that was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, you know, just it really kind of it comes back to you when you look around and see all that, and mm-hmm. you start talking about it because this is a room I'm rarely ever in. My son's in here playing video games more than anything, so <laughs> um, you know, starting to get used for uh, candle jar storage and stuff like that. So, <laughs> but it, it does bring a lot of that back. Awesome. How do how do I get my hands on some of these candles? My, my, my wife loves candles. There you go. Turn two candles. Perfect. Perfect. Turn, turn number two candles. And it's uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Our website's going to be up soon. It'll be turn2candles.com. It's not active yet. We're in the final process. And you guys, you guys know as good as I do, you guys doing a great job with this podcast right here getting this together but think of all the technical things you have to go through in order to get that going you know oh, kind of i can only right imagine now. yeah definitely kind of, we've, we've unofficially launched but we're not to the point where you know we did one we test shift one package to my stepdaughter and her family in missouri just to make sure that everything goes through and the order can work right and you're doing that as well you know with what so it's 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 kind of similar in that sense. Again, like I said, it goes back to coaching and stuff, you know, all that, and, mm-hmm. you know, practice and failing and all that. Exactly. Coach, just so you know, we've prepped for a couple hours every night since Saturday just to make sure <laughs> this went pretty smooth yeah. because this is the last thing we wanted was to log in at 5.55 and then everything just go to shit, so. I can tell you guys are going to be the ones that are going to do it right. And because if anything happens, it's going to be on my end because we have this uh, Xfinity cable out here that decides to cut out on us like at the most important times when there's the best part of a TV show or the bottom of the ninth in a ball game. It's just so frustrating, you know, to, it just seems to happen at the most inter- inopportune times. 
So I guess definitely. It, I guess and then when it does come back, the game's already over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What I missed. Oh crap! The three and a homer. You know, walk off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as you get to see the interview after. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. The replays. That's what everybody says. It's not as good as the real thing, though. <laughs> yeah, Coach, well, we thank you for joining us. Um, before we let you go, though, I don't know if you've ever seen this thread. There's a thread on the internet that's about you. I don't know if you've ever read it. It's got some wild <laughs> stuff in here, though. Okay. Some wild stuff. So, yeah. When when you retired, did you uh, were there ever any thoughts after you know? Hey, maybe I'll go take city. Maybe I'll go to Clovis. Maybe I'll go to Japan. Because this thread right here says that uh, <laughs> this this thread says otherwise. So apparently, they they heard that uh, there was a triple A job for you in Alabama. Yeah. There was a manager spot in the Japanese league. <laughs> and then there's a pitching coach job in the Mexican league. Okay. Also, yeah. someone, someone, uh, someone was posting up some of your stats from uh, back in the day, as they say. And they hear that you were a three-time outfielder of the year and a four-time infielder of the year. And one of those years, you got both awards because you played shortstop and left field at the same time. <laughs> and they also let you bat twice in the inning. And, uh, no, I, I had I had two hits my senior year. Um, I, <laughs> I know. Uh, someone. Won. And someone going themselves, but no, none of that, not even close to true. So, I'm oh man, doing what I'm doing, not going anywhere anytime soon. So, I'm just gonna sit here and make candles. <laughs> we just wanted to make sure before we put Jay Pruce, three time infielder of the year, four time outfielder of the year. <laughs> no. Not gonna happen. <laughs> greatest player of all time that's what we're that's what was coming out on the podcast but yeah i guess we'll have to change it a little bit <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll just mention that you batted twice in a lineup though like a one in six hitter perfect there we go <laughs> might have been sunday league on the roasty sunday league. <laughs> playing. oh man sunday league it's a great time. Sunday League is a great time. Yeah. I was just in it for the food, and they let me hit. So. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. Drink a couple beers, eat some food, go. Yep. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, right, Coach, Coach well, uh, we appreciate you joining us on this first episode. Uh, we couldn't think of anybody better to have. I mean, I, I, I just got to meet you for the first time. Uh, but, I mean, talking to you, you're, you're a legend. So, definitely enjoyed this conversation. I mean, I know Frankie's definitely enjoyed it. If he didn't, I'm going to make him enjoy it. <laughs> I really, really appreciate it. a lot. You guys had me on the first time and, and all that, and I really did. I had a great time coaching Frankie. Um, that one year that we had together, I wish it could have been more. But um, – you know, he's, he's from a great family that, that really uh, means a lot to me. So, you know, I, I really thank you guys for this. It's, it's been great because, you know, we've talked about things that I haven't really talked about in a couple of years. And so it's nice to bring that back, you know. So it's a lot of good times, a lot of great people. Definitely. I mean, that's, that's, that's our goal is we just want to sit down and have a nice conversation about some baseball and, Bring up some memories and get to hear some of the good times that you had. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, Coach. Thanks again for coming on. Appreciate it. 
All right. You guys take care. Good luck. With All right. Everything. All right, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, let us know when those candles come out. We'll make sure to make a post shout, shouting out your, your website. Definitely. They're getting ready to go. Get them on Instagram and Facebook. Turn two candles. We'll make cool. it for you. All right. You guys heard it here. <laughs> All right, Coach. Good talk. Turn two candles. That's the only place you should buy your candles from now on. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Coach. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. You too. Well, there you have it. Great conversation with Coach Jay Pruce right there for our first inaugural episode. And let me tell you guys, that was definitely it was it was exciting. Let me just put it that way. Yeah, it was cool, man. You know, having having Pruce on, you know, looking looking over our guest list between you and I and just first person I thought of to have on was Bruce, you know, getting to play for him my senior year and just how he's changed the the tradition of baseball in Kerman, you know, it's it's just awesome, man. And he's a great guy, uh, affected a lot of players, he's coached a lot of players, keeps in contact with a lot of players. You know, he's just, he's just a good guy. So we're really glad we got to talk to him. Don't forget, he was also the greatest player alive because he was a uh, four-time uh, infielder and a three-time outfielder. And then he also <laughs> won awards for uh, playing shortstop and left field at the same time. Man, I don't know about you, but so I've never heard of anyone don't... that's done that before. Hey, that's why he's the GOAT, right? That's why he's the GOAT, man. Had to get him on first, you know. Had to had to start it off with a bang. Had to make sure, had to make sure that uh, – that we had the man, the myth on first. And yeah, in all seriousness, you know, once again, he's just an awesome guy. Coach my dad actually, and you, you know, my dad, good friends, you know, he's just, he's coached a lot of players and yeah. (laughs) I don't like your dad. (laughs) You know, he's just, he's a good guy, man. Priest is a real good guy. So just kidding. I want to thank, (laughs) want to thank Bruce again, you know, for, for coming on and willing openly willing to do this, you know. He was, as soon as we text him, he texts back right away, you know, just excited. And he was like, yeah, man, it'd be an honor. So, you know, really, really glad we got to have him on. And you know what? If we look at our guest list right now, that's what we can guarantee is that we can text every single one of those guys and know that we're going to get a response right away. It's because, you know, those guys that – you know, the guys that we have on our list so far, it's just that they're guys that we respect and they're guys that we want to talk to. And we know they're guys that want to talk baseball. And, you know, these guys are all, you know, we're thankful for these guys saying yes. And, you know, we can't wait to, to get the rest of these episodes going for the rest of the season to start. And, you know, there's no one else I'd rather do this podcast with. Uh, I, you're making me blush. I got to say the same about you, man. As soon as I text you, you were on it, man. You you even text me sometimes like, yo, let's get this thing rolling. Like, you know, it's just cool having someone that likes to talk ball, you know. Really rare that you find people that could just sit and talk about baseball, you know. But lucky I have one of those guys to be my co-host, so, you know. Appreciate you. Appreciate you for luckily. jumping on. Man. Very luckily. So, again, thank you to Coach Pruce. Uh, it was it was an amazing conversation. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Uh, thank you to our, uh, our a buddy of ours that actually made uh, the, the intro beat for us. Uh, I think Frankie's got, yeah, Frankie's got his yeah, Instagram ready. Yeah, if you guys want to give him a uh, follow on uh, Instagram, at Jed Miller 10, J E D Miller 10. Uh, appreciate you, buddy. You know, Jed Miller 10. Really glad that you gave us that beat. Killed like it. I said, man, you know, I text you, Killed it. text you right away. And this whole thing has been, you know, brought to you by some great guys as far as guests, co hosts, and just help, help and support, you know. And as soon as I text Jed, and, you know, he was on it, man. He said, Yeah, man, as soon as I'm off, I'll get you one tonight. And, 
it was it was awesome, man. So yeah, you guys go give him a follow. And appreciate you again, man. What a stand up guy. That dead guy. What a stand up guy. Oh, yeah. And then also, uh, I'm sure I'm sure you heard in the podcast with Coach Cruz, but uh, go ahead and go on Instagram and uh, give Turn Two Candles a follow. Also, they're going to be launching pretty soon and. Uh, let me tell you, my wife loves candles, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be having a nice little order go through already. So. Oh yeah, same here, man. I got one lined up. Got to always got got turn, turn two candles, the official candle of the seventh inning stretch. You got that right. I guess it's I guess it's technically unofficial official, but. Unofficial official, but he's he says he's gonna get it rolling soon. So as soon as he does, we'll make sure to uh, send a tweet out about it. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll make sure to uh, to get that out to you guys once we get the official word. Make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at seven inning underscore stretch. And yeah, we'll definitely be posting that when that comes out. If you guys you know are interested in candles. Bruce is a guy to go to. I know, I know firsthand he gets stuff done. So definitely, definitely go support him. That's turn two candles on Instagram. Go ahead and give them a follow. Send them a message. I'm sure that they can help you out right now. They might not be launched on a website, but hey, they're gonna get you some stuff. Tell them Mike and Frankie sent you over at seventh inning stretch. Tell them. Tell uh, Coach Pruce that Coach Pruce sent you from the Seventh Inning Stretch podcast. Yeah, <laughs> he shouted it out technically, so <laughs> got to give credit where it's due. <laughs> hey, no, no promo code yet, so don't ask us. Yeah, <laughs> but we will get that if that does happen. We'll make sure to get that to you guys. Look at that! Look at us helping out people. What we do. Hey, it's, what we do. it's the least we can do. We received. Bingo. There it is. Yep. You took the words right out of my mouth. You knew what was coming. With all the support, you know, we received. It's the least we can do. You know, like I said, Priest is a first class guy. He just was willing to come on so easy. So, you know, just glad we could help out in any way. Well, I think that's going to do it for uh, this episode of Seventh Inning Stretch.